ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão de culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão pela explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Bifica podcast, episode number 362. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With me tonight, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, it's been a little bit since uh, since we were here. Last time we were here with Keaton Parks, and there was an episode that got a lot of exposure. Um, and quite honestly, uh, it's, been, it's been tough, right? Uh, not that it's been tough... Uh, Wanting to do it, being motivated to do it, uh, and wanted to bring stuff for, for people. But uh, the content's been slim, as you know. Uh, and then also, uh, there's this mental tiredness that at least I have, uh, you know, from working from home, from being bombarded by uh, news from all different sides. Uh, for me, it's been taxing mentally. Uh, and it just, it just, I want to escape, and I have to realize that this is probably one of the escapes. So we we should we should be doing podcasts, if anything. How are you doing? What's up, Alfredo? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. What's up, Dave? What's up to the listeners, everyone listening, wherever you may be? Welcome to another edition of Mifiga Podcast. We're glad you hopped on and you're sharing a few minutes with us. And yeah, man, I, you, you you said it perfect. It's it's tough to get motivated when you consider what's going around uh, what's going on around the world. It's tough to sit here and try to talk about something that is really unknown to us. We didn't know at one point. We felt at some point football is going to be back, but we had no idea how, when, what's going to happen. So it was difficult to try to come to, to come on, turn on the mic, and try to entertain with so many uncertainties around the world. But uh, now we finally do have some answers, and uh, I'm ecstatic, very happy to be here with you guys and talking about our beloved Benfica once again, and, and very happy to be once again, taking up my Tuesday evenings with your two beautiful faces. Dave, excited about uh, light at the end of the tunnel? I don't know if it's if it's light or if it's a train coming uh, straight at us uh, in the tunnel. But, uh, yeah, it's good to be back on. Uh, like you said, uh, we've had some uh, trying days here. And I know I can speak for myself. There's been kind of a lack of a motivation to... Uh, to do the podcast release that you said no content but like i told you earlier as soon as i got the invite to uh for this podcast tonight perked right up and uh ready to get it back going again right so on this podcast tonight what we're going to look at is we're going to look at the return right so there's been a couple of things that have gone on since we've been absent um the three presidents of the three main clubs, Benfica, Sporting, and Porto, met with uh, with the prime minister, along with the three clubs, the president of the FPF, which is the Portuguese Federation, and the president of the league, which Pedro Proença, the professional uh, soccer league of Portugal, or Liga Profissional, Liga Profissional, no, Liga Profissional Football, I don't know. I'm sure Ricardo Antunes will correct us. Liga Football, pa. Liga Profissional de Futebol Português. What are you talking about? Uh, L, L, isn't that like uh, 
the golfers. What is it? What is it? The golfers? Yeah, the, the PGA, like the PGA. Yeah, LPGA is that what it is? <laughs> Golf Association. Yeah, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. No, it's Liga Portuguesa de Futebol Profissional. That's what it is. LFPF or LPFP. I could. I wasn't paying. I was on my phone. I wasn't paying attention. That's right. So the three presidents uh, met with the prime minister apparently to discuss um, what the government is planning on on doing or for the government to share and to see how the, these three clubs are prepared to return, right? My biggest question here, and this was something that was already lifted, is, Chris, why weren't more clubs present? Alfredo, that's that's the main dollar question. <laughs> Why weren't more president? So I mean, uh, look on the surface, it does not look good. On the surface, it's it's a terrible look. Um, it seems as if only those three clubs matter. But again, we don't have all the details in front of us. I have no idea why that is. Um, it it doesn't look well though. It doesn't look good. It seems as if you know, as I just stated, they're the only ones that matter. Uh, it would have been much nicer for someone like us who follows the Portuguese league up and close if the rest of the other clubs were included. Uh, but maybe because of the uncertainty of the virus spreading, maybe they decided to just have very minimal people attending this meeting and they decided to be the three most important clubs. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the way they're going to spin it. Uh, and so uh, unless we have all the details, Alfredo, it's unfair for me to really uh, comment on this because I, I I really don't know why it doesn't look good though I could understand everyone with the theories behind it um and and you know I totally respect everyone's opinion but to be really honest with you I I, I would assume it's be, because they're the ones with the most fans with the ones with the most criteria the ones with the most following the ones with 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 the most power of Portuguese football the ones that are really gonna lose out on the most money regarding attendance and maybe they had the biggest input on 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 what they should do um. It's just you know when it first came out, I didn't like it. But again, there's there's you can spin this so many different ways. Um, but without all the details, I would love to hear that one day. And hopefully one day when the, when when this gets uh gets goes away and we get through this and uh, we will eventually get through this, um, that someone would answer those questions as to why only those three guys were invited. Yeah, I mean, look, certainly the 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 three biggest clubs in Portugal, the three main revenue generating clubs in Portugal, um. But if the, the meeting was to find out where do you guys stand in your preparedness or are you ready to fulfill these plans or to follow these guidelines from the DGS or Departamento Geral de Saúde as, uh, as it is in Portugal, um, I think that maybe the, the, some of the smaller clubs could have been invited to, to the show. Uh, even if it's just to, to listen to what the prime minister had to say, uh, but it's neither here nor there. You're never going to please anyone. So um, the yeah, state maybe, of emergency. Maybe with this, with with the social distancing, <laughs> it'd be hard to get you know six presidents six feet away from each other. And they they need to rent you know a salon, one of them uh, indoor facilities. I don't know, man. Look, maybe it's possible. Look, at the end of the day, why, why couldn't they try teleconferencing? You know, everybody else is doing it. Hop on uh, Zoom and get a representative from everybody. Uh, Maybe they in, the, in the conference. Pay a subscription fee. For Can you imagine oh. Luis Felipe Vieira trying to figure out our workout Zoom? Or, or do you think that he would just show up for the Zoom meeting in that famous, in that famous pose of eating chips and with his legs up on the little uh, ottoman? 
You talk about Riviera. What about Pinta Costa dealing with that? I mean, I think he'd be he'd be even more clueless as to how to use Zoom. You never know. You never know. He's probably on one of those dating sites though with all the <laughs> subscription. So he's probably familiar with uh with getting on apps. Better yeah, so- question is what's uh, his Zoom background with the back? What's his background going to be on the Zoom? <laughs> yeah, good good oh, thinking, Dave. I don't I don't know. It's that's- light shining through. That's a <laughs> that's a tricky one. Uh, so the the state of emergency was lifted uh, by the, the the Portuguese government, the prime minister, and along with the state of emergency, um, they decided that football is going to uh, return also. Uh, so the 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 Liga put out a, a document which I share with you guys, a PDF, a very thorough document detailing all the phases of the the coming back. Uh, right. Uh, but Dave, around the world, it's completely different. I mean, especially in, in some of the major leagues. What are some of the other leagues going through right now? There, well, we're, we're speaking from not, uh, North American perspective. We're about two weeks at least behind uh, what uh, they're going through in Europe. So we see uh, other leagues in Europe starting uh, their their initial startup plan. Uh, returning back to training back here in North America, they uh, haven't really announced much, and they haven't begun begun training. Uh, players are still uh, self isolating, um, but um, we're seeing it at least in Europe. So maybe there's hope for us over here on uh, this side of the pond that we're about two three weeks away from having our uh, big four uh, sports leagues return. Uh, but uh, on 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 our end here, we're uh, still waiting and seeing. But but in terms of the f- the five major leagues in Europe, right? What what's the mm-hmm. APL doing, for example, that where Liverpool holds a very large uh, advantage in terms of the, the 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 table and to second place? What's the EPL doing? Yeah, so they they believe they're starting uh, June eighth tentatively, uh, starting to train on uh, May eighth uh, for four weeks or more. Sorry, May eighteenth for four weeks. Um, La Liga has uh, lifted the state of emergency on uh, May 10th and training can start as early as the 11th. They haven't uh, announced any uh, return date. I believe uh, Merkel in uh, Germany announced today that they uh, were going to start up the Bundesliga. Um, yet some teams have been training um, and doing their testing as well. I believe a couple of players in uh, Cologne uh, came back with a positive test. So, uh, but they're, but I've, if I'm not mistaken, they're not shutting it down. They're just isolating those players and continuing uh, with the rest of the team uh, training. And uh, in Italy, they've also resumed training uh, yesterday, May 4th, with uh, May 18th as the first uh, date for the teams to uh, start training together. Right now, it's just individual training, but no official start date uh, for them. And yeah. the French League is, is completely wiped out, canceled for the season. The one thing we mustn't forget, though, is that Portugal, which has been praised for the way they've handled the the, the, the virus, is obviously wasn't affected as, as hard or as much as these other countries that you're mentioning have been. You know, obviously, Italy has been destroyed. Now, UK has actually uh, had more cases than, than, than Italy themselves. The United States, we know, is leading the world in cases. Um, you know, so they're a little bit further ahead in the process of, of opening up for you know the, for, for everyone to start 
getting back to to to, to normalcy, uh, even though they're doing it in phases. So I think that's that's one of the huge reasons as to why Portugal seems to be moving quicker than other countries because they weren't affected as badly as as these other countries. Yeah, no, uh, certainly Portugal. What they have done up until this point is definitely an example that a lot of countries are are, are looking at uh, in terms of containment and in terms of controlling, in terms of. Uh, reaching that plateau, flatlining, and then going down. Certainly, there's still cases in Portugal uh, every day, but not at the rate of speed that we saw early on. Uh, as Chris, Cristiano mentioned, Italy very hard hit. Spain also very hard hit. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of ministers in Spain wondered why the difference in Spain uh, uh, versus Portugal, uh, because basically it's 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 if you look at it, it's it's kind of like the same territory uh but you know spain is more populous obviously but uh but in terms of you know they're within the same borders if you will they're they're a peninsula really only connected to the rest of the world in that one spot uh but certainly the situation in spain has been a lot different than portugal and for once Portugal being uh, being an example for for the rest of the world, it, it's it's nice, it's nice. But I am concerned about this gradual opening. Yes, gradual is the way we should be doing it, but I am concerned that people will be too lax and not pay attention. Uh, but Cristiano, behind closed doors is what the government has mentioned. Uh, now there's been some criticism, and obviously you can't you can't please everyone. But there's been criticism of fans that said football behind closed doors is not really football. What do you feel? Is this the only way you could bring the sport? Look, I think I think we need to to as as we talked about before, gradually take the next step, right? And and I, as someone who maybe because of the fact that I don't live in Portugal. I don't get to attend every single Benfica game like most of these other people that we know on, you know, that we've actually gotten to know and people that we follow on Twitter. Um, you know, I don't have that opportunity that they do. So maybe to me, it's a lot simpler and a lot easier to say, yo, listen, I want football back, however it may be. And so whether it's on TV or, or with empty, you know, empty stadiums or packed stadiums, I'm going to watch it on TV regardless. So it's a lot easier for me to swallow. I could understand their point of view, but at the same time, I totally understand the government. I totally understand the authorities of not wanting 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people to gather because obviously that's how this whole thing started to spread so quickly is by having these mass gatherings of people. Now, here's the one thing that really concerns me, right? I'm ecstatic about the fact that football will be back and I'll have something to watch. And obviously, I, we all here love football, right? And we and, and this has been uh, absolutely trying times over the last two months to, to go through. Uh, some people have lost family members. Some people have lost close ones. It's It's been a really difficult time. And then when you have sports out of the picture, it's it really sets in because no matter what's happened, we've always had sports. 9-11 tragedy that you and I, you know, that we all went through Alfredo. And we remember it vividly because we're a little bit older than Dave and we live close by. But we still have, you know, sports in Europe and sports throughout the rest of America. And then we got that back within three, four days. So this is it's it really puts things into perspective and, and how serious this really is around the world. That being said, look, one thing that really concerns me is. History has a habit of repeating itself, as you guys know, right? And when you look back at 1918 with the Spanish influenza, right, when the initial outburst came out, when the pandemic came out, 
it, it, three to four million people died, which is obviously a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of people. And then when they got back, they try to get back into normalcy. The second wave killed 40 to 50 million people. And that's the thing that's really scary here. You know, I don't want the second wave to be anywhere near that number. So we need to take precautions. We need to to make sure that we don't have these mass gatherings. So if it's got to be football behind closed doors, it's got to be football behind closed until they come up with a, with a vaccination. It is impossible to get all these people together and expect, you know, some sort of virus not to spread. So I'm totally OK with it being on TV as long as we have something. And until there's a cure, there's a way to control things. I'm 100% okay, and I kind of don't understand, to be brutally honest, and I'm not criticizing because I've, everyone's got their own opinion, but I don't understand the criticism of, you know, like you said, some people are saying it's not real football. At the end of the day, it's 11 versus 11, and you have no input on what the outcome of the game is. I, I get it. You get to sit there and scream and support the team, and you give them a lift, but you have no no input on the, a foul, a, a player getting back, tracking back on track, you know, getting back on track and defending or scoring or headering. Look, it is what it is. You're going to do your part from the outside of the four line, just like you would being at a stadium, things are a little bit different, but players I think will understand. And those involved in the day-to-day, you know, maneuvering of the game, I think people will totally understand Alfredo. So we just have to adapt to times because there's no other way. I don't think there's, there's, there's any other way to to, to go about and to get sports back on track. Dave, certainly the, the financial aspect of this whole shutdown is something that's uh, weighing very heavy, uh, not only on the clubs, but the businesses that are associated with the league, TV also, Sport TV, uh, Benfica TV, all the rest of the, the the channels have been struggling because of lack of, of, uh, of sports content. Um, certainly this has a heavy, heavy influence, the fact that, the financial aspect and getting back to playing a game uh, is is what's driving this. Oh, of course. And you've already seen uh, or heard, uh, I believe it was Crystal Palace's uh, president or somebody within Crystal Palace said that if they didn't complete the uh, Premier League, there would be at least two years worth of uh, legal uh, battles within the courts uh, regarding this uh, TV uh, revenue and any revenue re- regarding the cancellation of uh, of the Premier League. So I could only imagine that has to be uh, a major um, uh, major factor as w- into why they they decided to resume uh, the Portuguese league and not uh, cancel and go the way of the the French league. But to piggyback, sorry, just uh, backtracking a little bit on Chris's uh, comment there about playing behind closed doors. We got to watch out though because uh, I believe it was PSG that was already playing behind closed doors in the Champions League uh, the week before uh, they closed everything down. And they still had uh, thousands of fans outside the stadium chanting and supporting. So where, what, are, what is the uh, government and what are the police going to do to stop people from not showing up and, and congregating outside the stadium and trying to make their presence felt outside the stadium? Because uh, I'm pretty sure that's what happened with PSG uh, right before the uh, mandatory um cancellation and and france has been one of the hardest hit countries in in europe as well so they got to come up with a plan to make sure nobody congregates outside the stadium in in mass groups like that as well well. it's up to people for to to, to be responsible number one number two that was the early stages of of the coronavirus the chinese virus the covid whichever name you want to apply to it right 
And I don't think people were as informed and knew the gravity of things as we do now. Now, knowing the severity, know, knowing that this spreads and and even though this seems like, you know, there's some things that might be able to help it, you know, to cure it a little bit earlier or, you know, you're, you're, you're still finding ways to control things. Right. I think you just have to be responsible. Look, I get it, man. I want to be at a soccer game myself. Right. But I don't want to put myself at risk. I don't want to put my family members at risk. I don't want to put you, someone I don't even know. I don't want to put them at risk. I just think it sucks. But we all have to do our part and be responsible and do the very best we can for the time being. Because the fact of the matter is, the longer we stay away, the longer we follow these rules, right, the easier it'll be for the professionals to get a hold and control this virus and then hopefully stopping the spread of it. And it'll be the, the, the long, look, so basically the longer we're away puts us closer to being, to, to being back and returning into a packed stadium and to being around other people. And I think people have to be responsible and follow the authorities, follow the advice of, of the government, follow the advice of those that are experts that know what the hell is going on. Rather than, you know, being a knucklehead and saying, I want to be around my friends and I want to be celebrating a Benfica match. I mean, I just think you have to put things into perspective. I love football, but at the end of the day, a life is more important than a game. Yeah, but, and Dave brings up a great point uh, in terms of uh, fandom, right? Uh, and look, there's there's guys that are going to look for ways to be around the stadium, even if they're not allowed. Um, but here's the, here's the question that I wanted to ask you, Chris. Um, what about the guys congregating to watch on TV at the cafe? Because not everybody has sport TV. Alfred, I just answered the question. I think you have to be responsible. You have to find a way. Look, man, I don't know what to tell you. The game really matters that much to you or the sport TV. I mean, I just think you have to be responsible. With I mean, is it really that important that you congregate with 20 other people watching the game and then run the risk of contaminating them or you getting yourself contaminated and all of a sudden now you're putting your family at risk? You yourself have to be mature. And make that decision on your own, right? I just think that in the world of rules, you follow the rules, bro. And and whether you like them or not, this isn't, you know, uh, don't wear Benfica stuff to 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 to, to if you thought a Stubble game, right? This is a matter of life or death. It's it to me, it, it's it's simple. You just it sucks, but you just obey for the time being because, as I said before, the further you stay away. The further you just do what you have to do, batten down the hatches and look, stay at home, watch the game. The, the, the more you follow that recipe, the closer you'll be to getting to a stadium. But the only way that authorities are going to lift those bands, the only way they're going to get a hold of uh, control of the of the, of the virus spreading is by you actually staying away, man. They need these things because if you have people congregating every single weekend and imagine the different games, there's games Saturday, Sunday. It just it, it's it, it's never they're never going to be able to get a hold of this. They're never going to be able to control the disease from spreading. And it sucks, guys. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not telling I'm happy about it. Right. But to me, it's do you want to watch football? Right. Be it in an empty stadium or the other alternative is you have no football for at least a year, maybe sometime next fall. It, it, what, what what to you? What's the option? Give me option A. To me, it's real simple. Yeah, I'd rather be at the stadium myself. Right. We have a stadium right here, Alfredo. We go to Red Bulls games every single one home game. I love to be there. Yeah, it's MLS. But at the end of the day, I'm still in the stadium. Right. It, but it, it's that or risk my family, you know, getting sick and possibly even dying. I mean, 
It's a real simple. It's a real simple choice, guys. Yeah, certain, certainly, as you mentioned, common sense has to rule over your your decisions. Uh, and and Chris, if if I'm a a guy with a piece of land uh, in Portugal right now, I'm setting up some sort of a drive. You know, you you have the drive-through movies. Set up one of them projectors. <laughs> Set up a projector with hang a up, huge screen. Hang up a bed sheet, right? Pace. If you need to to pay Sport TV a thousand a thousand euros to have the rights, and you just charge five dollars at the door, or five dollars per head in the car, and and you're good, man. You're yeah. good. Look, there's a lot of ways to go around it. It sucks, and look, and even you guys asked asked this question. Dave, I think, brought it up with you know obviously the fans congregating outside the stadium for PSG. So let's just say this is starting to lose, right? And how how are our authorities going to get a hold of this? Look. You can be out there, right, wearing your mask, obeying the social distancing six feet away. I'm pretty sure if you're doing that, if everyone and obviously you're not going to have it, but if everyone's six feet away, everyone is wearing their mask and they're at the rotunda and they're making noise. I, I don't think you could because, again, there is no law against you being six feet away wearing your mask. That's the actual law. You got to wear a mask and be six feet away. So you can actually get that. You can actually do that. Right. But people have to really be disciplined and you have to obey the rules. And then you could be around the stadium. You just, you know, you're just not going to be inside the stadium. How are they going to allow 10,000 people, right? Or, or 5,000 people into the stadium and have the six feet away from one another? You know, what gives you the right to first 5,000 fans and then you're the 5,001? You're going to be upset. You didn't get that opportunity. You're just never going to get everyone happy, Alfred. You're never going to make everyone happy. And I know in, in, what is it, the Korean Baseball League? That started up this week, they have. I think they're allowing 300 fans into the stadium. Okay, but could you imagine the 301st, 302nd? is going to be complaining. Why? Why? You know, red pack. people. No one's ever going to be happy about it. So, no. I'm not even cool with like allowing family members into it. You just allow the teams themselves, the staff, the necessary else, staff, the necessary staff, and then you can have you know style to lose. You can have. The other five coaches went out with the social distancing. The, the, third the, of the, cheer, the, the cheerleaders could stay home. Yeah, they're not in non-essential. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'll, 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 uh, yeah, I'll, I'll walk through uh, some of the you know the the tentative schedule that the league has put together, right? Yeah, but before you go with that, Alfredo, you yeah. you ask you ask Dave and I the question. But what what we want to the, the listeners want to know your thoughts as well. What what do you what do you I mean are what, are you against empty stadiums? What are your thoughts? I mean, are you okay um, with empty stadium football? I think it's a small sacrifice to have football to go back. Thank you. Okay, now you put yourself on the line. So now when people criticize me on on Twitter, they criticize you as well, not just me and Dave. You gotta get yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Look, uh, if it's the only way to have football back, so be it. I mean, you can't. I I understand that. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of people are trying to spin this. Oh, it's about the money, and they're only playing because of the money. Yeah, they're only playing because uh, if you don't recognize a champion, and if you don't recognize the European uh, places to the UEFA, the UEFA may very well punish you with omitting the Portuguese clubs from the Champions League or the Europa League for the next couple of editions. So 
if you don't have the balls to decide who's the champion and who's going to the European competitions, you have to play it out. Fortunately for League One, they were able to decide those spots, so UEFA is fine with that. But if you can't come up with some kind of solution, the UEFA will penalize you for it. Not just that, Alfredo. Let's not forget. Maybe Benfica, because of the, st the, the stability that they have now, right, and the financial clout that they have, maybe they can survive this. But let's be realistic. Porto Sport, they can't survive this. And the Fed Portuguese Federation is not going to give them a loan like the French Federation gave the, the, the league on teams a loan in order to for, for them not to go bankrupt. The Portuguese league isn't doing that for, for, for the obvs, the Juve Sense, and the rest of the world. Even now, I mean, it's total BS. Understandable, but I think it's totally BS, right? Because it would be, be a lot harder to control uh, what's going on in the second division. But they canceled the second division. They're allowing the first division. I mean, it, it's kind of a joke in itself. It's a joke in itself. Even though I kind of understand it, right? It's it's it'd be Maybe the conditions aren't there. But the Fed, Portuguese Federation isn't going to bail out those teams. Those teams actually need it more. So No, they actually give them – they sent down a million to the second division teams. Oh, they did? Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. A yeah. million each each club, or a million no. divided by twenty clubs. A million divided, a million to be divided. What? I mean, I mean, if you're looking at these so, clubs, it's small, very small budgets. Still, man, it's a joke. It I, is I, a joke. I, I know the French Federation gave like three hundred and thirty-seven mil, two thirty-seven million to the clubs. I mean, that's that's feasible. That's something that that obviously. We'll keep your your club above, and, and and you know, look, we don't play games, but we're able to pay our bills. Where it's just, I mean, it's a joke. Portuguese Federation is a joke. I mean, it all starts as you said, the three presidents. That's that's the beginning of a good joke, and this is exactly what it is. Three presidents <laughs> walk in. You know, it's a joke. It's a joke. But, yeah, but I, I mean, in terms of the TV rights, also. Um, Altis, which is the main sponsor of Porto, has already mentioned that they were not going to pay until they get back to playing football. And the same will follow suit for for the other uh, uh, for for Nos, which has a contract with Efica and Sporting. Uh, the same would follow suit because if those guys can't capitalize in in ad sales uh, for for their TV stations or for the league, then they're not going to be able to pay their bills either. And exactly. And these decisions to get back to football are driven by finance. It's driven by money. It's not even the the the, the spots that you're talking about, the, the European spots and Champions League spots. It's more based on money. It's driven by money. And at the end of the day, let's be realistic. Nobody in Fikista would accept the fact that, you know, right now the league's not being played Porto's champion or vice versa. If, you know, all of a sudden, which we think is a point behind, which I couldn't see them being crowned champions of the Portuguese league. So... This is where the argument, the fighting, and the power of Porto and Benfica, and then, you know, obviously, it just, it'd be too big of a mess to anoint someone champion at this point. And, but at the end of the day, it's about money. Yeah. They're driven by money. These clubs will not be able to survive without the injection of the millions into their accounts. This is about money. That's all it comes down to because, as you said, if they don't play the games, Altice, Nos, Sport, why would you pay for, for programming that, that I wasn't privy to? I'm not paying for it, and rightfully so. It's a breach of contract. So this is ultimately driven by money. Hopefully, no players get sick because it's 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 a huge headache down the line. You know, two players from Mifika test positive, and you know, after game two, now what? You pause in the whole league. You're gonna keep playing. You isolate those two guys. They've been in contact with the rest of his teammates. What if all of a sudden? And I'm gonna just keep it to Mifika. Not even talking about the other clubs, but 
two, three, four, five, six players from Benfica all of a sudden test positive. For the... Now, wait, now you got to cancel the whole league because now you can't play. Or what, Benfica forfeits every game? I, how are you going to go about that? I mean, it, it's it's a tremendous, you know, can of worms that you're opening up here. You just hope that whoever's responsible for this is really, you know, taking care of the players, testing them. But then that opens up another can of worms, right? Because why should PZ have a test available to him every single day and I, Portuguese citizen, Cristiano Oliveira, can't get one single test. Why is his life more important than mine? I mean, I'm a citizen. It's just, you know, it's just, bro, it's 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 a big, big, big problem that hopefully we won't have to face. But it's just too many questions um, that at the end of the day, a lot of people aren't going to be pleased. A lot of people aren't going to be happy with the answers. But I'm totally okay. Empty stadiums. It's I, like you said, Alfredo, it's, it's the least of the evils. And let's just hope that this goes off with no hiccups. Yeah, so let me um let me let me just run through the the tentative uh, schedule for the league, right? So from uh, from fourth to from the fourth to the seventeenth of May, uh, individual uh, practices, and and I'll go through that program in a little bit. Eighteenth uh, to third to the first to the thirty first of May, uh, collective or group training. Uh, then we get the league started uh, either first or sixth of June. Uh, then you're gonna play. Uh, six games uh, in uh, in June, basically. Let me see. One, two, three. Yeah, six games. Uh, then you're going to play one, two, three, four games in July. And then the the TASA final on the 26th of, of July. Um, so dissipating a crammed calendar, but from, from the looks of it, it does – it doesn't look like it's going to be that cramped six games in June. That means that there's going to be two weeks where you're going to play two games uh, in July, four games in July, which is not too bad. Uh, but, you know, FIFA was exploring possibly having a five subs. They've I think approved that today, Alfredo. They, they approved it? They approved it today. Five subs will be allowed. Um, so, I mean, look, it's just... It's another advantage to Porto Benfica and Sporting. Maybe not Sporting because they're ass, but another advantage for Benfica and Porto. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the better teams, the deeper teams, are going to get helped out by these, uh, by by the extra substitutions. But it allows them, as they say, it's going to give players a break. Maybe they won't exert themselves that much, therefore prevent injuries. Um, and so they they've actually approved the the fifth substitution today. Great. Yeah, how about uh, these guys that are coming back or having their loans cut uh, short? Are they able to be registered with the league and continue playing uh, and be on Benfica's roster? I doubt it. I From what I understand, I think that both UEFA and FIFA are uh, allowing contracts to remain valid until the end of the actual season. Actually, the Portuguese Federation... And uh, the that, but that wasn't my question. That it, like I let's. I know what you're saying, Dave. But I'm just. I'll I'll, I'll get right back to that. I was just adding to Alfredo's because you talked about contract extension. The Portuguese league and the, the the Portuguese federation and the players union have agreed to extend their contracts past the end of the season. Alfredo, by the way, just to answer that question. Now, Dave's question. What he means is like. Uh, Alpha Smith, who's, his club has already said they don't want him back. So basically, his con his loan has been terminated, right? And for, let's say Feja comes back from Alaves, right? They, they don't want him back, whatever their loan is. back. are they able to play in these remaining ten games, Alfredo? That's what Dave is saying, and I'm saying I don't, I don't believe. I haven't read up on it, uh, Dave, but I doubt, I doubt that that's the case. So the, these players are basically stuck in limbo then, because they're oh, they'll, the, they'll be early vacation. 
they'll be practicing at the beach by themselves like they used to do with players back in the days. Yeah. No, uh, I, look, it, a, a lot of this is common sense, right? And I know that there's a lot of interests, right? There's interests from all sides, but I think that common sense needs to rule over everything, right? So, yes, contracts finish in the 30th of June, but if you're playing past that, it only makes sense that there's an extension to the contract, right? Uh, and I think that the, both UF and FIFA will recognize and will open that uh, that exception. Uh, in terms of the loanees, yeah, I mean, if they're loaned out till the end of the season, um, it's only fair that they can only return back to their parent club after the current season is over. I mean, the one thing that I saw, I read today that Porto was doing, I haven't seen this regarding Benfica. Uh, so if you guys have anyone listening, I mean, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or maybe I'll find it myself after the pod. But <laughs> so far, what I read about Porto is that they're having their B team report and they're training as if they're going to play in case there are injuries and they need to promote players up to the main squad. I haven't heard Benfica doing that with the B team, but I mean, I think it makes all the sense in the world to have these guys ready in case of injuries, in case of fatigue, in case of whatever reason, you know, players testing positive for COVID, you always have players that are fit and ready to just make the transition to the main well, place. So that, that's smart by Porto. So I haven't seen it on Benfica. Yeah, that makes sense. No, uh, what I read by Benfica in, in, in those terms, and now it kind of clicked to me that you're saying that, was that Renato Paiva was saying that the B team will continue to work out at home. Uh, I read that today on, on Ebola. Uh, but, and then I, when I read that, I was like, why are they going to continue to working out at home? Because the Segunda Liga is, is done basically. But now, now that you're saying, oh, Porto's going to keep the B team, but also, I mean, when you look at the two rosters, uh, I think Befica's roster is a lot deeper than Porto's roster is, but nonetheless, uh, you need to have some kind of a backup plan until 10 players test positive. And then you, and, 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 like I said before, I mean, think about God forbid. Obviously, we don't want that. We don't want that. that God forbid, right? But let's say it does happen. What are they going to cancel the season? I think if you have the B team, to just promote the play. Because I think the league's going to want to freaking cancel. They're going to want to get this through. <laughs> they want to finish these last 10 games no matter what. At the end of the day, as I said, it's about money. And if 20 yeah. players got to get tested, they're going to call up the next guy. So, look, to me, it makes no sense. I, I think if Porto's doing it, why isn't Benfica doing it as well? And I think I think it will be a matter of time, especially if Porto is able to do it. I think it's a copycat, you know, the sports world's copycat leagues, right? And I think I think Benfica will be a matter of time before they call up their players and uh, and have them play. Especially what they say the second phase, Alfredo, players will start will be able to to start practicing in groups or whatever. Second or third phase of of of, of this. Second, second, and I'll run through those phases real okay. quick. Just, just so to give. I think it's a matter of time. Why not have the B team together? If if players could, could, could get together, why the hell not? Just to give some context to what we're talking about. So three phases, right? So return to, to practices, uh, phase one, individual training where players will be uh, individually monitored. Uh, and each one of them will take turns working out on a training pitch. pitch. Seychelles is going to be open. There's three pitches that are going to be used at Seychelles. Players are going to take their turns working out. Uh, and then there's guys that are going to be working in the morning. There's guys that are going to be working in the afternoon. But they're going to be able to uh, to get all the players in. From what I understand, these players will be completely isolated from their teammates. Well, not completely. I've already seen uh, some guys together. But 
during training without the mask they're going to be training uh, by themselves they're going to have their own ball uh and apparently they're going to come in uh, already dressed from their house get into the training pitch get back into the car get back to their safe haven at home and come back again well see I, to me it, it's uh, if if you're if you test a negative, I test a negative. Me and you could be, we could kiss each other for God's sake. I mean, we don't have it. You're not going to get sick. I'm not going to get sick. So if these players are all getting tested, it makes sense to have these guys all together. Now, the question is look, Benfica brought in players' families, right? So it seems as if they're going to have this under control. You just have yeah. to be very disciplined and you have to stay away from it. Now, I'm not sure if you, if you, if you, uh, if you're aware of this, Dave, the stats guy, uh, probably. Because again, that's a job to look up stats. But this is not a stat. It just, just, just a little rule that they came up in the EPL. We're getting back in the EPL, which players will not be allowed to shake hands, and they're not allowed to spit on the field. Wow! How is that gonna go? So now, what if I spit? You're gonna give me a yellow? I mean, what's what's gonna happen? I mean, is there is there gonna be like you know how you have a guy come in with a water bottle and squeeze? Is there gonna be a guy with a bucket like in boxing? Spit in the bucket? Is he gonna have a man? Is he gonna have you know what? what I, I don't. I, that's to me very intriguing. And I, I wonder if they're gonna do the same thing in Portugal. You're not allowed to spit. I mean, Alfredo, you play. You you played. I played. David. It's like a natural instinct almost, you know. But it is. You know, sometimes I do think. But it, once again, if they're all if they're all uh, testing negative, what's the difference if they're spitting or not? That's true. That is very true. But again, you might test negative today. And then you get a phone call from this chick you've been sweating for a little while, and you go see her like, "What's up, baby?" And she's good today, but she's she contracted it eight days ago, right? And she doesn't know yet. Now you got it, and in fourteen days you're gonna pass it to me and Alfredo because we're in a locker yeah. room together. That's that's the risk. And that's why, yeah. again, man, people need to realize the severity of this. And I know that it sucks, but at the end of the day. Being able to go and play football with your teammates, being able to to to, to do what, what you love most, right? Being able to get that fat ass paycheck, you're gonna have to sacrifice maybe meeting up with your cousin or your prima favorita. You know what I mean? You have to do these things for the time being until the world gets back to normal. Yeah. You have to be very disciplined and very dedicated. You have to be smart, like as Alfredo said, common sense. And it goes same thing for the fans. We the fans need to to be smarter uh, about what we do going forward because you know, the other alternative is sit at home and do what you do now and play with your thumbs and play PlayStation. Yeah. The the second phase, as we mentioned, is group training uh, that takes place. I think that's uh, after a couple weeks of individual training. So during those couple weeks, obviously, the, that's a gestation period of the virus. But look, Benfica is trying to control this as much as possible. Players being tested, staff, essential staff being tested, the players' families being tested. I know that guys are getting groceries delivered to their house so their immediate family, the, fe the family that they're in contact with on a daily basis, doesn't have to go out and expose themselves. There's a lot of care and thought and planning being put in this in terms of, of Benfica's technical staff, in terms of Benfica, uh, Benfica's medical staff. So we hope uh, that this return, this this phased in uh, return is able to provide the safest conditions for everyone involved, uh, especially the, the players. And you talk about, you know, originally coming back and training for two weeks before you have the group train. One thing I could say with certain 100 percent certain thing is 
My man, Adele Tarap, he doesn't need those two weeks. Have you seen the guy work out every day? He's got videos. Then he posts the food videos, which kind of, kind of like, oh, come on, Tarap, Tarap. You can't be posting the food videos because people are going to criticize. But then the next day, he's over there working hard again. My man's ready to go. Just put him into games. He doesn't need any training. <laughs> Might need a haircut, though. <laughs> no, he does need an haircut. You're right about that. It's going to grow. It's a new style. Yeah, the third phase obviously is is the 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 return of the competition. Games behind closed doors. Only necessary staff will be allowed uh, with the team. Um, I will I will share uh, uh, that document that uh, it's in Portuguese, unfortunately. So if you if you don't read Portuguese, uh, my apologies. But I'll try to share that document uh, within uh, our website or on our website because the document is very thorough. I mean, it goes as far as as explaining uh, game day. Uh, Game, uh, game concentrations, the stages at the hotels is very detailed in terms of what steps need to be followed in order for teams to abide or to stay safe. Uh, so I'll share that on our website. I'll, I'll put that on our website and, and, and make sure that everybody uh, could read that for those of you uh, interested. So Benfica did uh, return to Seychelles this past uh, Monday. Uh, so everything is going. Chris, uh, I don't think this this is uh, uh, Sporting has been, or I'll ask you, Dave. Sporting has been um, training now for quite some time, right? I think it's been a couple of weeks since they've been training. Do you feel that there's any advantage in the fact that you've already been training for the past couple of weeks, and um, that that novelty of of testing of the routines has already uh, been past uh so it's no longer new to you now it's your new routine do you think that sporting has an advantage as a result well sporting needs all the advantages that they can get so if they got the upper hand on this good for them but but i think by the time we start playing games at the end of may beginning of june i think everybody's going to pretty much be on an equal uh playing field the extra week or two that sporting had at the beginning i don't think really will play a, a major factor by uh by the end of May, beginning of June, but uh, good for them for uh, finally getting an advantage on us. Yeah, and it was everything was so quiet. I was very the the atmosphere or the climate around Portuguese football has been uh, very peaceful up until this point, right? So the the Super Dragues were at Olival. Uh, with the teams and of course they had a banner that says the virus is another one with the word virus in red obviously they're referring to benfica today um uh, i don't know if you guys are are familiar with the faces of old glories that are on that uh that roundabout right before the the bus enters the stadium um sporting fans defaced uh, that mural that had all the players with, with green paint, it's already been fixed. But, Chris, everything was so peaceful, and all it takes is one day back to uh, back to football, some sort of football, and the, the hostilities started. The only thing I can tell you, my friend, is I don't know why the hell you're surprised. I'm not surprised at all. We know that these people are like that. They're despicable. We absolutely cannot stand them. There's some good people among the bunch, but that bunch of people that goes out and does that type of stuff off radio, we're not fans of them. So to me, the only surprise is that it took a month or two months for them to go ahead and vandalize or talk crap about us because that's what they do. They live on hate. 
They live on 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 everything about Benfica. That's all they care about. So I, honest to God, I know some people are gonna be like this kid Chris is crazy, but like I, I don't care. To me, the best the best remedy for this, bro, is ignorance. You come in paint, that's fine. I'll paint over it. Go ahead, bro. You don't phase me. Go. You can try all you want to do. You're still going to be a little bitch. You're still not going to matter to the world. You try to stay relevant. You could try to do whatever the hell it is. You're still going to have 18 campeonatos in the last 300 years. You're not going to matter. It doesn't, to me, it's a surprise. The only surprise is that it took this long for them to go ahead and vandalize these things. Yeah. Um, the other uh, piece of, of news is Gabriel is back. So he seems to have uh, have gotten past his, his uh, eye injury. Uh, and is back in training with all his teammates. Uh, now, Chris, there was a statement by Pizzi that said that I was going through the best phase of my life and then Corona happened. Was that the the one where he missed like three penalties in a row, the best phase of his life where he looked exhausted? Well, he's blaming he's blaming that phase on Corona because that's really when Corona started affecting the world. So up until December, he was having a terrific year. I mean, the guy was involved in scenes like every goal that Benfica was scoring, he either had an assist or he was scoring. So he's technically right up until that point. Then all of a sudden, he got hit with stupid, and and he just couldn't couldn't convert and do the things that we were accustomed to him doing in the beginning part of the season. So maybe he's right. Maybe you know Corona started really affecting him earlier than it affected us. Yeah, let me um. We're going to start wrapping it up. It'll be plenty more for us to, to talk about in the coming weeks. Um, but what I wanted to ask you guys real quick, and just like a an overview, um, Chris, do you, do you feel that playing behind closed doors uh, is something that is going to um, help the players? Or do you think it's something that is going to work against the players? I think it'll help. I think it'll help, and especially with down the stretch right now, with all the pressure uh, on Benfica and even football with Porto, right? We, we've seen how the pressure affected Benfica. We've seen how PZ was affected, as you just mentioned, missing penalties. Trust me, there is pressure when you're playing with, with people. I know you you as a professional, you kind of tune them off, but still, you know they're there. But the empty stadium is just like, listen, it's like a practice game, right? There's no pressure. No, it is what it is. No one's going to boo you. No one's going to cheer for you. It's just... It's another practice game, and so I think it'll be easier as a player to deal with than rather than a, a full stadium. Obviously, you're going to be able to hear everything. Um, the one the one regret I have is that Benfica is not going to play football with Porto because it would be beautiful to hear those rivalries and you know and and what players say to one another because you know those games get pretty heated. But um, I, I, again, I I think as a player, I, I think it'd be it'd be easier. Dave, what's what's your take? Uh, about playing behind closed doors, uh, I'm okay with it. Um, do you, do you think I, I, it's an advantage or a hindrance to the players and toward to the team? At this point, I think it, it doesn't make that much of a of a difference. Um, it's not like we're the only club that's going through it. All the clubs are are playing on the same uh same uh field with no no fans. So at this point, I don't, I don't feel it's an advantage or, or a disadvantage. We're all at the at the same, uh, playing behind the the same closed door facility. So, to to me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think I I uh, I will agree with you guys because there, there's probably guys that feel the weight of that shirt probably way too much, mm-hmm. uh, and any mistake and any little whistle can be detrimental to their psyche. So in that aspect, I could. Definitely understand it, 
but you can't uh you can't neglect the 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 12th player right the the time that the stadium is pushing the team for that extra effort yeah but i'm afraid that's for three teams right that's for only three teams the other players right the players at the smaller clubs they're not accustomed to playing in front of 30 40 50,000 people so when they come to start the losing it's an empty stadium trust me the players are going to feel it Trust me, the nerves won't be nearly as high as they would be with, with, with a packed stadium. So I do think it's an advantage. Again, we said the players, right? It's a bigger advantage to the smaller clubs than it is to the bigger clubs. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to generalize. It's an advantage for the players. I absolutely think your nerves, you're a lot more calmer when you're going into a stadium that's empty. There's no pressure on you at the end of the day. Yeah, you still have to play the game, but it's you're looking at it as another practice. I'm pretty sure when players practice, they don't have that added pressure of the fans booing them or cheering them or having to to, to kind of you know uh, perform to, to a standard. Look, they have to perform to a standard that the coaching staff is pleased with and their teammates, but that's the only pressure performing at that level as far as the fans. This will alleviate a lot of those butterflies, a lot of that nervousness that players have prior to walking into a field, and in particular the small teams when not having to go into uh, Alvalade with 28,000, having to go to the gun with 30,000, having to go to Benfica with 55,000 plus. Trust me, it makes a huge difference on a player, and I think it is a huge advantage to teams. What about referees? Make make sure they that uh, nobody's going around them, right? They got to keep the social different the distance around the referees. No, especially I'm, at I'm, the, I'm, I'm talking about the, it, but I don't think I don't think uh, this is me person. I don't think a referee should ever be, you know, influenced by whistles or cheers. You know what I mean? I I get it. I, I think referee at the end of the day, you just have to call what's on the field. You're a referee yourself, right? Whether I scream for me from the sideline or not, you're gonna see a foul for a foul. You're gonna see a, a something, you know, that's not a foul, a handball, whatever. You you as a referee, your job is simple, man. You're gonna call what it is. Yeah. I don't think you should be influenced either way. Just, yeah. but you're right. Referees do get influenced. But but, but the thing is that sometimes as a referee, you make a mistake. Uh, and some guys might feel that they need to make up for that mistake by benef- by slightly benefiting the team that you made a mistake. Yeah, but you can still uh, do against. that without having the fans' input. No, the one thing that's going to be interesting is going to be, you know, uh, it's too bad Bruno Fernandes is no longer in Portugal because they'll love to see him. Uh, <laughs> his chit chats three back and forth. That would be that would be you know worth a million. That would be like pay per view on Sport TV. Bruno Fernandes against the referees. That 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 shit will be <laughs> just just mic them up. Oh, you know, I, I pay money for that. He's no longer, but now you don't have to mic them up because now the mics are going to pick up everything because stadiums are going to be empty. You're right. It, it's if you haven't seen a, a game uh, behind closed doors uh, on TV, it's it's super super uh, interesting and, and fascinating because you could hear almost every single word word that every player is saying. It's 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 really cool, and you really don't get that insight or that angle of the game uh, at this level uh, as you normally would. Well, Red Bull fans would be accustomed to it because they go into like a half <laughs> stadium anyway, 5,000. So you get to hear a lot of the, the game, <laughs> the end for the players. But yeah, man, uh, look, it's it's going to be different. It's definitely going to be different. It's going to be a little weird at first because we're not accustomed to it. But it, a lot of people, if you're like a sports nut like I am, I like to see that that back and forth. I like to yeah. see. I like to. You're gonna hear a lot of orders. You're gonna see who on your team because n- normally it's the goalkeeper. Sometimes clear, clear, for or you're gonna hear the central, the capitão, push up, press him. You were a center back, you know. You, they, 
that those are going to be the guys that are really going to be driving their team. And they're going to be now you're going to see who the natural born leaders you're going to hear Ruben Ruben Diaz scream a lot. I'm pretty sure you're going to hear a lot of that. I'm excited to hear Laj. Uh-huh. And see and see if uh, if what if they're following his instructions. Yeah, Elijah's calm demeanor. Look, one guy will be worth the money is JJ. The other guy is going to be worth the money because he says he's never going to talk about referees, but we see his veins popping out every week. <laughs> so look, it's going to be a different view. It's going to be a different look. And again, I think some of us will like it. I will like it because again, I like to 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 to, to know what my players are saying what they feel. It's it's going to be totally different than what you're accustomed to. It'll take a little bit getting used to it, but I think some people will like it. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we will have more content uh, for you in the coming weeks until uh, until the league kicks off. Where we got another three, four weeks until the league kicks off. But we're back now, uh, and we're here to hopefully stay until uh, the end of the season. Uh, it was good chatting with you guys, Dave. I don't know if you have anything else to uh, to add. A shout out to your pharmacy or something. <laughs> no, just everybody keep uh keep uh doing their job. We're like you said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but uh we don't know what the light is yet. But uh keep uh social distancing, wash your hands, and uh we're gonna get through this. Chris. I think Dave just said it all. I totally agree. Look, common sense, ladies and gentlemen. It sucks. Empty stadiums sucks, but it's better than no Fuji ball. So yeah, for sure. Done. Let's social distance. Wash your hands, and if you want to wash your hands before, uh, and you know, just just do what the what the experts advise you to do for now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, echo the boys' sentiments. Wash your hands. Be safe. Be aware, uh, and be responsible. Common sense, as Cristiano mentioned, uh, should be uh, on top of your uh, your head. Uh, and but really try to be cognizant of your of your actions and what you're doing and your surroundings. Washing hands is is a big, 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 big thing. Don't touch your face. Another big thing. All right, everyone. It was good to be back, boys. It's good to uh be back with you guys. We'll see you again next week. Later, Later. everyone. Later.